Hello and welcome to the Oh Dear Podcast. My name is Christian Durant, Senior Vice President of the Oh Dear Podcast, Oh Dear Nation, Oh Dear Weekly, Oh Dear Weekly, and all subsidiaries there in 4-2, which with me, as always, on the one podcast, where we talk about the things that would make your mother clutch her pearl and yell, Oh dear, are my co-hosts. Nick Whitmer and special guest Todd Portnowitz. Yo. Yes, I was going to say with with you as always. I don't know, but uh, every <laughs> yeah. once in a while. Every every once in a while. <laughs> I like in the intro how you change pearls from pearl. It's like she lost all of them. She has one left. If you but listen, she still to clutches them. it whenever Christian says "cunt." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She's her. She's lost her fortune, but she still gets offended. So yeah. she, needs, <laughs> she needs at least one pearl to clutch. Yeah. Yeah. So how how's it going, guys? What's oh, the you know. like for you guys? I think I don't know. It sounds like <clears throat> sounds like Nick was having some baby issues. Yeah, yeah, trying to get her down, but she went down. So everything's uh, good. <laughs> I was saying to Chris over the weekend, it's so funny that we use the same expression for killing dogs and, 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 and putting babies to sleep. Like, I'm going to go put them down. Yeah, it's like, go put them down. <laughs> it's really fucked up. Yeah, yeah, for, for dogs, you know. No. For dogs. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, just, um, you know, trying to not kill myself with the breaking news of Tom Brady returning for his 23rd season. Oh, oh my God. This is the greatest thing that's the ever best, happened. The best thing that ever happened solely for its effect on Nick Whitmer. Yeah, yeah dude. I'm telling you, like, as soon as he announced his retirement, like, I, there was a part of me that goes, nah, it's not real. Like, <laughs> it would, like, me. literally take him, like, pulling a Kobe and dying in a helicopter crash for me to be oh, like, man. all right, he's gone forever. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Oh, dude, Brady will rise again like Christ anyway. So. Yeah. You know what pisses me off about this dude is he's like, fuck it. I've got to come back. We have unfinished business. It's like, what unfinished business? You have more rings than any team has rings. He yeah. personally has more rings than any other franchise has rings. He's in the leader of every major statistical category. There's literally nothing left. There's nothing left. He just has such an ego. He's such an egomaniac, and he hates his family, clearly. Yeah, he like, doesn't want to stay home. Yeah, I think what happened was he came home, and then, like, he was there for, like, a couple weeks. And then his son, he's like, oh, this is what my son's actually like. And then <laughs> and then his wife starts <laughs> nagging at him, and he's like, oh, this is what my wife is actually like. I only know them on a 20-hour-a-week basis. Yeah. This full-time shit can't do it. Yeah. I, I – well – since my family's all based in Tampa, they're having the exact opposite reaction of, of Nick. <laughs> oh, really? They're all like fucking floored. They're so excited. Oh, that's but so funny. I just think Brady is like he's one of the, he's a routine guy. You know, he like he has his like green juice, and he yeah. does like forty sit ups in front of his son. Yeah, push ups. You know, like he's like sorry, that's my dad. Um, and, and then uh, you know, he like wants to do all the exercise. He, he can't wait to do the fucking routine. Yeah. And yeah. now that he's out of the game, he's like, I have no reason to be fucking nuts about my routine, and I, I got to get back right. in. He he craves the schedule. I think he's institutionalized. It's like a prisoner who like goes and holds up a liquor store. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's got Stockholm syndrome for exercise. He's like that. Uh, who's that one guy in, in uh, Shawshank Redemption who gets out and then he Brooks. doesn't know what to do? Yeah, Brooks he doesn't was know here. What to do with himself. <laughs> <laughs> he just carves Brady was here in this. <laughs> Hangs himself. <laughs> Oh yeah, the, what are, you sent that article, and I was like, "Oh, that's funny. That's a funny Onion article or something." Yeah, <laughs> Sarah was reading it to me. Like, yeah. I got rid of Twitter, and I got rid of like all the stuff that where breaking news happens, and it sucks because like I don't get any information now. And I'm like, "What's the middle between being completely addicted to the stimulus of social media, and then also?" being able to be informed on the stuff. So I'm sitting on the couch and Sarah starts reading me this thing. And I'm like, Oh, this must be her. It's just fucking with me. Yeah. And then she finished and I go, yeah, okay. And he, she goes, no, it's real. And I'm like, no, it's not. And then I get on my phone. And I'm like, fuck. <laughs> I love how your wife sits down to read you the thing that's going to make you the most angry. <laughs> yeah. She couldn't wait. Like, yeah, come here. Come here, husband. Hear this. <laughs> 
hear this devastating news. It would have been funny if she's like, wit, uh, sit down. <laughs> <laughs> and she calls me wit. <laughs> wit, wit, are you sitting? Yeah. Are you sitting? <laughs> or she calls it, it's like you're out, you're out doing stuff. And she right. Calls a few- like, I just wanted to call you before you see it anywhere else. <laughs> <laughs> Tom Brady is unretired. A few years ago, we got in our worst fight ever because she was upset about something that I didn't do, just to point it out. She was upset about something. And then as she started to cry, the breaking news of Antonio Brown was traded from the Steelers to the Raiders happened. And I was like, oh, shit. So I'm like trying to like bridge the gap of like, (laughs) you know, being there. But also, I want to read this thing. <laughs> and then she's just crying and she's like, you're not going to comfort me. And I'm like, and I said something like, do I have to drop everything right now? Like something really like, and she just yeah. like, she the worst fight we ever get. She like left. She walked out the door. Oh, <laughs> I've never seen her just. God. And I'm like, fucking Antonio Brown's fucking me twice, man. It's <laughs> <laughs> making me a bad husband. <laughs> Motherfucker. <laughs> the- Wife versus sports. It's a, it's a tale yeah. as old as time. It is. A tale told on many a sitcom. <laughs> oh, yeah. boy. That's, uh, that was that was one that I couldn't believe. Um, just because it's so, like, you know, why'd you do it in the first place? It's so fucking That's weird. The, I have a, this is my conspiracy theory. You guys are ready for this? And this is not based in fact in all. This is just based for my just complete hatred for Tom Brady is I was like, Oh, he needed to have 40 days where he's not being tested by the NFL. And he just went off and did every human growth hormone, every, yeah. every like blood replacement, all these crazy things. Cause he started to fall off towards the end of last year. Yeah. And anybody who watches him as closely as I do waiting with bated breath for him to fall off is I know I noticed that I was like, Oh, this guy, he, he's lost something. And, uh, my conspiracy theory is that he retired and then spent the last 40 years in Germany replacing his blood with a 12-year-old boy's blood. Oh, my and, God. Um, yeah, and then he took some HGH and then maybe a couple of steroid shots. And then once it all cleared the system, he's like, well, guys, I think I'm back. feel better than I've ever felt. I drank a bunch of green juice, you know, so. <laughs> That's a very cogent conspiracy theory. You could tell you, could tell you were raised with conspiracy theories. Is that <laughs> Yeah. That really hits all the right notes, you know? Right. Oh, yeah, totally, man. <laughs> I hope it's true. I got to hope it's true. I really want something embarrassing to – I want Tom Brady to get canceled, like, in the way that I want, like, smug people who – like, like male feminists to get canceled. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. just somebody who, like, sitting – who, who, like, insists upon them being righteous to get canceled. That I want Brady to, like – because everybody blows this dude – and I want it to come out that like he's the biggest piece of shit behind the scene. He's like he's like Lance Armstrong, who like had yeah. the most elaborate blood doping thing ever, and it completely went against his image of being like America's golden boy. You want him to be exposed, right? Yeah, I mean, I I, I like I know this dude. I know this dude's a piece of shit somewhere. Like Have he seen, has to be. Matt. Have you seen the show The Boys? Yeah, boys. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, you're like the you're like the boys, and you're trying to expose Homelander. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, Brady's, yeah, yeah. Brady's definitely Homelander. Oh, Brady is absolutely Homelander. <laughs> you want the that, world to know. That's why I was so excited when uh, uh, Jane Campion, who did Power of the Dog, just the other day said she like was receiving an, <laughs> an award. This is, this is the and, best. And she compared her trajectory to the to Venus and Serena's like rise in tennis. Like, oh, yeah, you directing this movie is just like two black girls from Compton <laughs> rising into rising into the whitest sport of all time. Like their, their sister, meanwhile, gets like gunned down in the streets. Like, are you fucking kidding me? Uh, not only like, that, she compared herself to them, but then she said that she was better because she's like, you know, you, you, you girls, she literally said this. You guys didn't have to compete against the men like I do. <laughs> Oh, oh my, God. my God. Thank God, because that fucking Power of the Dog movie is the worst <laughs> piece of shit I've ever seen. Yeah. And not for the reasons Sam Elliott pointed out, for yeah. so many other reasons of, of character yeah. development. I've just, like, that's my Tom Brady when when she said that shit about the Williams <laughs> sisters. 
Wow, it's so know. funny. I, I saw that she had to apologize for comments of Venus and Serena, but I I didn't know. I I was like, I wonder what she had to apologize for. It, it would have been funny if it was like the that one dude who said some shit about Tiger Woods. He's like, we're gonna serve fried chicken at the yeah. <laughs> at the banquet. <laughs> like she said, so, she's Australian, right? New Zealand. Uh, New Zealand. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, I didn't know that's what she was. <laughs> That's a really funny thing to say. There's just you know people from that aren't from America don't really like. Yeah. Don't don't get why you shouldn't say stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. They have no understanding of like race in America because yeah. like their view on it is just so different. You know. Yeah. Yeah. They don't. Uh, they they're like oh we I can compare myself to them and. <laughs> <laughs> And like maybe they can, but also like you know, it's probably not the best idea. Just I don't know, especially if yeah. you're campaigning for an Oscar. Yeah, right. It was just a, and the the, the crazy thing is they were there somehow. It's like the People's oh. Choice Awards or something. Yeah, because uh, so like because uh, the movie, the King Richard movie, probably. Right. Oh, right. Yeah, that's what it was. I was like, why would the Serena? Why yeah, were they yeah. there? Like, what sense does that make? But yeah, yeah. I guess that makes sense because they were part of that movie. Um, but yeah, it's just so funny. Like she goes up there and then sees the most like decorated male tennis or female tennis player of all time. And her sister, who's also like top two or three yeah. best t- female tennis players of all time. And you could probably just rope in like top 10, both of them, like all time tennis players. I don't know tennis yeah. that much, but they're both very up there. Yeah, and up then there. she sees them and she wins her award. And then her first instinct is to be like, <laughs> Yeah, you guys are good and all, but like you didn't have to go against men like I did. Uh, <laughs> like yeah, Jesus uh, Christ, that's dude. Her, you know that's her stupid toned way of like um, making like giving props to their movie too that she beat. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, which oh, right. Yeah, she even, thought it. she didn't even know how to do it. Yeah, she couldn't have just said, you know, I love that that story and your story is so inspiring. I feel like there's elements of that in my life and my struggles. Yeah. Um, so I really appreciated that movie that I just beat. <laughs> like, <laughs> even that would have been better. Yeah. Then, you know, you guys had it pretty rough, but I had to deal with men too. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. A healthy living sister. <laughs> I feel like when you get an award, like an Oscar, your speech should never mention the other losers because like, <laughs> first of all, you have so little time. So like, yeah. you're going to spend it on like saying like, Oh my God, you guys were great too. No, just thank the fucking people who helped, you know, there was like 8 million people who helped you do it. It's yeah. a film. So there's like, you know, an immense crew, like fan, like just fucking focus on it's, it's your moment. Just take yeah. it and humbly thank the people that helped you. We don't the need one, to know that like you love Bradley Cooper too. The one, the one that did it well was, and it wasn't for the Oscars. It was when Joaquin Phoenix won for Joker. It was like maybe the Golden Globes or something, and he was already doing weird speeches. But like the only good speech he did was like uh, was talking about. Uh, he talked about each of the nominees that he just beat. Where he's like, you know, when I was a kid, auditioning for parts. Like if I walked into a room and this one guy was there, I just left because I knew he was going to get that part. And it was Leonardo DiCaprio. And he's like, he's like, <laughs> he's, like he's the shit. He's awesome. And all this stuff. And then he went through all the other award, uh, nominees and basically just bigged them up. I mean, yeah. it was like his only good speech. And then he went on to win the Oscar and did that fucking speech about when you milk. take a, yeah, a, a cow, a cow's baby from her milk. Uh, and he, um, like he was stumbling. He didn't even know what to say. It's like, uh, yeah, it quickly went from like this movie I was in was great. But also, by the way, guys, fuck milk. You guys ever think about milk like that, dude? It's yeah. fucked up, bro. Like I'm one like, of those speeches uh, where at the end, everybody's like, uh, <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. You you only like that first speech here on Oh Dear Nation because it it praises DiCaprio. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're, you're beloved. I, I didn't remember anything he said about the other nominees. <laughs> <laughs> you selectively remembered all of the DiCaprio. But that's a good point by Todd earlier, though. It's like because when he did that, he basically was like, he basically praised all of the actors in the category, and then not saying that he's better than them, but because he won, it's, he's almost like building up how good everybody is. And then he was the winner. It's like a, it's like a weird way of building yeah. yourself up, you know? Yeah, definitely. It's, 
it's like in uh <laughs> it's like in pro wrestling if you if you're gonna shit on somebody you're gonna go i'm gonna beat your ass you can't say that like you suck and i'm gonna beat your ass you gotta say you're pretty good you know, i'm gonna beat your ass because it's like if you beat somebody that sucks then you beat a loser <laughs> you know what i mean yeah you gotta yeah. hype up your enemy then the then yeah. the victory counts more yeah exactly yeah that's why I think, like, off tangent a little bit, one of the, the best insults ever was when Bill Murray and Chevy Chase were fighting. They'd gotten, like, a fist yeah. fight behind the scenes at SNL in, like, the late yeah. 70s. Like, Chevy did one season, then he came back to host, and Bill Murray was, like, the hot shit at that time. And uh, they, like, pull off Bill Murray from Chevy Chase, and then Bill Murray yells, medium talent. <laughs> it's like what an insult because he's like yeah. he's like he's not if you say you suck it's like oh i'm gonna shake that one off because like obviously i don't suck yeah. but to be like you're you're pretty decent it's just yeah. like ooh, <laughs> you're okay nothing special That's yeah like, ah he's right <laughs> especially yeah. for chevy chase that guy yeah, had so- a crazy life chevy he, yeah, uh, sometimes the middle is worse than the bottom. Yeah. Right? Yeah. He uh he probably has low self-esteem. He was like abused by his parents and locked Really? Over. Yeah, he's he told the, he did this interview. I think it was on Howard Stern where he like talked about like he was um his mom or his stepdad or something locked him in the basement and then just leave him there for hours just like What? Punishment. Yeah. This is like Harry fucking Potter. I know, really. Yeah. Did we ever think that maybe they did it because he was Chevy Chase and he was just a dickhead? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, he was telling his mom, I'm Chevy Chase and you're not. She was like, fuck you. Yeah, and guess what? You're not upstairs now. (laughs) You can go to the. (laughs) Yeah, that's. Yeah. Well, you know what they say, guys. Hurt people hurt people. That's true. They certainly do. So someone must have fucked up Chevy Chase before he became a monster, right? Yeah. I watched um, Turning Red last night, the new Pixar movie. Right. Uh, Periods. No. Is that what it is? is? I mean, you can make it. I thought so. Pretty much. But like, It's it's a feature length about periods. It's a feature length about a little girl, not a little girl, she's 13, and she, um, on her 13th birthday, she turns into a red panda. Oh, uh, all right. That's part of, like, her family curse, but the whole thing is about, you know, maturing, going from being a young girl to a young woman. A raging and- bitch. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah, like, but that's part of it. It's, like, all the stuff that comes with. Uh, that's cool. Yeah, what, how was it? It was good. It was, I mean, it's like every Pixar movie is cute. It's like, it's definitely not like the top, top Pixar for me, but it's, it was just, yeah. it was good. It was as good as any other Pixar movie. I just thought that like, one of the things that was funny to me was like, it, the metaphors were a little mixed for me. Cause if it was right. like, I, I took it as she turns into a giant red panda whenever she gets emotional. And that's like the, yeah. it's the symbolism of that is like you're 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 like you're a teenager now your body is changing and when you experience emotions it's way more heightened you know like everything's yeah. bigger you turn into a panda but spoiler alerts if anybody wants to see this movie but the yeah. premise of the movie is that all of the it happens to every woman in their family and yeah. they do this weird ritual where it takes it away mm-hmm so like when you turn 13, you do this ritual and then they take the panda out, out of you and you never have to be a panda again when you yeah. lose your mind. I'm like, is this like a weird, like if you don't want to get a period, you should get a hysterectomy when you're 14 or something like what? what is <laughs> yeah. like, what is the metaphor here? Like I, that's yeah, the thing yeah. that I didn't quite get. Cause then there's that scene where like they all come back. I'm sorry if I'm ruining this for you, Todd. <laughs> <laughs> that's, I know. that's all right. I don't, I, I wasn't planning to watch. Yeah. There's that scene where like they all of the the grandparents and moms all their pa- all their pandas come back for a little bit of time and yeah. then they still give them up at the end. I'm like, what is this movie about? Like, what is the yeah. metaphor that they're trying to do? Like, I thought it like on on its own without the me- messages of the metaphor was a very fine kids Pixar movie. It was funny and blah yeah. blah 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 blah. You know, um, but that was one that I didn't quite I didn't quite get. Yeah, it was weird because they like had to the her mom becomes like a giant panda 
and like huge like bitch. A, yeah, <laughs> like a Godzilla. Panda, type. the panda is it just a bitch? Is that what it is? Is it the character like that's but what I mean? Like I'm like, was, what does it mean? It was weird because it wasn't like she was a bitch every time she turned into a panda. Like she could be, but she was also like fun and shit, and like right. people were like attracted to it. And like wanted to huh. like ride the panda, which sounds. <laughs> yeah, that was like, is it sex? Is it like tits? Like, what is it like? Yeah. It's a danger when you're playing the metaphor game. It's just dangerous because, like, yeah. all right, so we know that the panda thing is the metaphor for the period. So then, like, everything becomes charged with the potential to be metaphorical. Right. And right. It's just like a, it's like a minefield. <laughs> you're like, oh, ride the panda. Does that mean like <laughs> fuck a girl on her period? Like it. You, <laughs> And anything could mean anything. Yeah. That's what I say. What you know? When I'm trying to, I'm like, "Hey, do you, do you mind if I ride the red panda tonight?" <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Yeah. Oh God! Thanks, Pixar. <laughs> and it's also like, yeah. So the mom becomes a giant panda, and then like all the grandmother and the aunts and stuff have to become have to like unlock their panda to uh, help and contain her big panda yeah it's like it doesn't quite like what happened do the guys turn into pandas at all no no do anything. Oh. so they, that's the, the thing about guy, like the go old ahead, guy sorry the old guy like helps them contain the panda which is you know even weirder now <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah like the old wise man who helps like yeah. young girls contain their period like yeah the, <laughs> you just like it's a yeah it's a minefield so that's the thing about like I think people have to be careful when they're talking about this movie. Like and when I say people, I mean like the critics who like love to yeah. automatically anoint anything that's about anything to do with any like women or you know what I mean? Like if you start going in that direction of this is so it's such a beautiful thing about how women are different or something like that, then you have to answer all the questions that we just asked about. Oh, okay. So then why did this happen? <laughs> why did that happen? Yes. Yeah. yeah. You know, you have to almost just be like, Nope, this is just about a family that where all the women turn into red pandas for some reason. And there's no meaning behind it whatsoever. Yeah. You have to face Todd and I were talking about this a little bit before uh, the podcast started about like film Twitter and about how mm-hmm. they're just so ready to like jump on. I think Todd just watched Licorice Pizza. And oh, nice. there's a relationship. I'll let you tell, tell it, Todd. Uh, yeah, yeah. Cause it's like, the girl's 25 and he's 15. And like before I saw the movie, all I saw was just people complaining about the age difference. Like, oh my God, this is so offensive. Can you believe they're 10 years apart? He's a kid. And then I'm like, I watched the movie. It's the most natural fucking thing in the world. The 25-year-old girl, the entire movie is like terrified of dating him because he's younger. That's like the point of the film. Yeah. Is that is that this like it's this relationship <clears throat> that kind of like forms itself. And sometimes humans fucking go figure. Don't like it's not like every 23-year-old finds a 23-year-old exactly the born on the same day at the same hospital. No, it's a fucking human landscape of like imperfections. And like the fact that when you watch this great movie, your takeaway is the fucking 10 year age difference that literally means nothing is so sad. It's just so sad. Yeah. People just, uh, I, I haven't seen it. I, I'm that's my, probably the next one I, I'm seeing of the Oscar movies that I'm actually going to see. Um, it's very, it's very good. Yeah. Uh, and that's the people miss stuff all the time because of the stupid, like, reactionary Twitter wanting to be the virtuous person first, you know, like just, uh, it's nauseating. It's a nauseating time to, to be in a field where you're creating things where people comment on them basically. But you had a really great take on that Todd before I, Oh, with the, uh, the photos basically. Oh yeah. 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 I was just saying, cause like, it's like I always I say it about celebrity deaths too. It's like you when you want to get the selfie where you pose with the monument, like in front of the Leaning Tower or like whatever it is, to show people you were there. And then like when a celebrity dies, you want to have your like interaction with you want to post about your interaction with that celebrity as right. like you, your selfie of like, look, I like fucking Will Hurt too. And then it's the same with these like takes. You want to like pose with the take that like 
the age gap is offensive in fucking licorice pizza. (laughs) So you posted on your Twitter as like a little selfie of like, look at the argument that's related to me. I, I fucking saw through the veil of, of lies and, and (laughs) and child pornography that lies at the core of licorice pizza. And that makes me so aware. It's also it's insulting to everybody in that movie. Like if it was truly just a weird movie where a fifteen year old fucks a twenty five year old, do you think any of them would agree to be in it? <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Like it's such yeah. an insult to Paul Thomas Anderson and all the people who took place in that movie, all the fucking the sound of people who showed up. Like you're basically just saying that entire achievement that they did was it was offensive and all about one thing when it really actually wasn't. And they yeah. were all hoodwinked into being in it. Like they're yeah, yeah, or yeah. they're all like in a child cabal or something, you know. Like, right. <laughs> either, <laughs> one of them has to be true. Yeah, I, I heard a Did reviewer you know? oh, sorry, real yeah. quick. I heard a film reviewer talk about like how it's like even kind of scary to like write a review now because people aren't really they're not even giving a take. They're like waiting for what or they're trying to anticipate what the take is going to be. And then, like, coming up with a review of stuff is yeah. kind of weird. I like to look at Rotten Tomatoes and look at the critic score versus, like, the all audience score. Uh-huh. And that's the, that's the true – that shows you the true yeah. gap between, like, <laughs> so how nervous the media is and what like, – yeah. Like, Power of the Dog has, like, 96% critical review. It has, like, 62% audience. <laughs> right, yeah. It's like, there's the gap. We have a 30% gap between what's actually happening and what the media reports to us. That's fucking – And that's, that's so why when, when someone says it sucks, it's news because everyone is holding their breath, yeah. waiting for the first person <laughs> oh. to say it sucks. Right, because they don't want to be the one who goes, you know what, this movie stinks because then they are intolerant of the message of the movie. Yeah. Yes. You can only and get that- an honest review. Oh, sorry, sorry. No, and it goes the other way. It goes the other way with the Chappelle thing. When the Chappelle special came out, the critics review was like a fucking five or something. And then the audience review is like a 90 or something. Like <laughs> it's literally the like they're afraid to like anything that's edgy. So they immediately come out against it in some hard way. It's just ugh. Yeah. Um, yeah. The only review you can give is like a year or two after when they go, yeah, you know, yeah. and, and they always go like, you know, when it came out, you, blah, 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 blah. but then after initial view, we saw some, we saw some things like this movie stuff. aged well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I would like to like, if I was, I would like, if I were the onion, I would start like a fucking review team to review movie movies in the most ridiculous way you could call it like the first one to be you could be like licorice pizza gate <laughs> yeah just like lean into the bad yeah. take all the this way. is all about pedophiles dude i know yeah, it is yeah, yeah. But <laughs> yeah i love that it was shot in the basement of that fucking pizza restaurant dude <laughs> did you, you know that Oh my god! The turning red review would be fucking a, oh, mas- a masterpiece. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think you should send a, send a letter to the Onion and propose this because yeah, it would be very enjoyable. Yeah, I wonder if that would fall into their. They should. They should be the most fucking like. No, we're not going to be political in any way at all. We're just trying to satirize everything. But I wonder if they're willing to satirize the the kind of obnoxious movie reviewer who falls politically on the left usually. Yeah. Um, I'm just looking on Twitter. Amanda Bynes was once told she looked like a monster in certain lights by a Hollywood director. (laughs) Jesus. Oh, so this is great. Like, um, I, well, there's something that I li- so. Do you guys know who Connor Ratliff is? No. no. He, he, so he's a comedian. He's like a he, he's an actor and like an improviser. I think he was like in the Chris Gethard's kind of circle. He was on Chris Gethard's show. Yeah. Um, but he there there was a bit on like the Chris Gethard show when they introduced him, and they're like, this next guy was once told by Tom Hanks that he had dead eyes. And that's the reason why he wasn't cast in oh, Band of yeah. Brothers. I saw this. Right. So there, so he, Tom Hanks said he has dead eyes mm-hmm. and he cut him from Band of Brothers and like replaced him with another actor. And the, he started a podcast uh, about 
this whole thing. And he finally got Tom or Tom Hanks. I said Tom Cruise, Tom Hanks on the show to talk oh, to really? him about what had happened. And I, yeah, he and like I, his I whole to, life. Yeah, he's right. Like yeah, trying to get like the, why Tom Hanks would say that. Did did, did you listen to the episode? Oh, wow. So I've listened to most of it. There's still some left, but I got most of the nitty gritty. Now it's basically like whatever they're going to talk about next is kind of inconsequential to the whole thing. But he basically the story goes: he's auditioning for Band of Brothers. He like thinks he has it, and then all of a sudden they're like, "Hey, listen, t- Tom wants to meet with you again." And he thinks you have dead eyes. <laughs> so he's like, he's like, I'll meet with him. But he's like, I can't change my fucking eyes. <laughs> like, it's literally like I can change my acting style. I can try to be, a, you know, do it bigger, do it smaller. I can't change my, he goes in, meets with Tom Hanks. It didn't work out. And then he gets told, Hey, they're going to go in another direction. And then he like, but he's bummed out. He leaves. And then he walks somewhere. And like, this is when, the green mile is out. So he's like, the first thing I immediately see is a giant billboard of Tom Hanks in the green mile. <laughs> like oh he's like, he's God. just been, he's just been taunted by Tom Hanks this whole time. Kind of. And he like, but anyway, Tom Hanks made a good point. He's like, listen, I don't remember any of this and I'm sorry. And I truly, <laughs> truly, truly am sorry. And like, I, but he's like the, the only defense I have is that when there is a there, and he's like, I learned it when I was working on a Penny Marshall movie is like, I thought I was big shit back then. And, the, and it was like the late eighties, early nineties. And he's like, I'm big enough. I did this movie, this movie. I want to go see the dailies. So he shows up to watch the dailies. And if you don't know, dailies are basically when you're filming a movie, all the footage that they shot that day, they watch it at night to kind of piece the movie together and see if they need to do anything again. Yeah. Um, because it's, it's film stuff could be fucked up and right so so. anything could have happened and you know they want to make sure that they got everything so tom hanks shows up and he's like i'm gonna watch the dailies i'm i'm tom hanks of course i can do this and penny marshall was like listen you can't be here and he's like why and he goes and she goes because this is the place where we need to say really fucked up things (laughs) like and it's like and it's like it's not anybody's fault it's just like oh he looks fat in this shot can't use it you know oh she looks retarded here like literally they use (laughs) words like that like they use crazy words so like tom hanks he's like he's like i shouldn't have said what i said and i'm sorry that i hurt your feelings but really it should have if i did say that it just should have never got back to you somebody fucked up broke protocol big time because like he's like think people say things like that all the time when they're piecing together movies and shows and stuff yeah because like you're in a situation where you're literally have to be as brutally honest as possible and you can't worry about dancing around or being offensive you basically have to just be like no that's shit you can't use it next one because they have a minimal time you know yeah so anyway i thought it was a super interesting interview and i think everybody should check it out i think the podcast is just called dead eyes i think i i had i I heard he was doing a podcast and i was like oh that's a cool idea but i i was like i wasn't planning on listening to it and then i heard that he had tom hanks on i was like oh i have to listen to that I can't wait for the Amanda Bynes's podcast. Yeah. <laughs> in certain lights. <laughs> and she brings on like everyone who like they analyze everyone brings in a photograph where they're like, it's their wrong side. And then they just like talk about how much that hurts each episode. Yeah. Right. Like I know, like I'm not going to say who it is and I'm not even going to say the person they're talking about. Cause just, I mean, not that it'll ever get back to anybody, but just out of caution, I can tell you guys afterwards, but I know people who work on a show and like, one of the people on the show, they're like, this girl has a fucking big head. And like, they struggle <laughs> trying to put her on screen in certain angles. Cause they're like, they, cause if they show, if they put her on TV and her head looks big, they're going to get in trouble. You know what I mean? Like they're, they're going to be like, what were you thinking? And it's like, yeah. dude, it's her head. <laughs> she's the, <laughs> she's the one with a big head. So, but yeah, I mean, there's a lot, you know, there's a lot of, to all yeah. that. That's really funny that that's bothered him for so long. And yeah. uh, I don't know. Now it just seems like, all right, well, what's your podcast about? Like the podcast is over now. You know, he got yeah. Tom yeah. Hanks and yeah. he got his apology. It's like this poor guy's like been looking at himself in the mirror for decades. Like, oh yeah, dead eyes, dead eyes. Is that right? Are you dead eyes? I'm not dead eyes. Like just some fucking creepy like monologue, like fucking monologue every morning just to get through his day. There's a... I, man, I really appreciate Tom Hanks because he's like, 
He, dude, he figured out the best way to get out of it. He said it like, he did it perfectly. He said, I'm sorry. And he said, basically not even like, I'm sorry that it hurt your feelings. Not that I'm sorry that I said it. I'm sorry it hurt your feelings. I'm sorry it got to you. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm sorry it got to you. It should have never gotten to you. Like yeah. Anybody who releases a, like who's text leak or anything, they should be like, I'm sorry it got to you. Yeah. That's so fucking good. That's yeah. such a good apology. I just want to apologize to the African-American comedi- uh, community. It should have ne- those words should have never gotten to you. My, that picture of me in blackface should have never gotten to you. Somebody broke. Somebody broke protocol. <laughs> Harvey Weinstein, my sexual abuses should never have gotten to you. <laughs> they they were behind closed doors for a reason. <laughs> He's like, I wasn't raping on the street. Come on, dude. <laughs> Oh, oh, I feel like that suffices for every crime, and like, I'm yeah. just—if I ever get convicted, I'm using that in a court of law. <laughs> but there is something to it. Like, if I texted somebody something, yeah. and it was about somebody else, and it got to that person, it's like I—I I said this when John Gruden got fired from the NFL because of his email leak, and he said something about like Dennis Smith or whatever the fuck that guy's name is, and excuse me, Roger Goodell. It's like, dude, he emailed his friend. It was a private conversation that got leaked by the NFL, who, by the way, you know, Roger Goodell is basically the the head of the NFL. So Roger Goodell had to know that, you know, it was being leaked. He probably was the one who leaked it. But anyway, it's like it was a private conversation. It wasn't intended for anybody else. So if he's allowed to say something fucked up to his friend, that's not illegal. You know what I mean? Like, what is what's happening? And like. I hate to go back to that again because I think I've talked about it twice now, but it's like it's weird that when that story broke, nobody was like, hey, isn't it fucked up how they took his private correspondence and made it public? Like no one – we're so desensitized. Like we want we want that information. We want the emails to be leaked. We want the text to be leaked. We want mm-hmm. screenshots. We want receipts. We're such in this like lynch mob cancel culture mode that like no one stops to question like the integrity of like how did we come about this information? Like, isn't it fucked up that, that things like this are happening? Like, the, the people's rights of, to privacy are just completely being violated? Yeah. That's why I, I wanted today as a guest host, I wanted to just make this entire hour about slamming Brett. And then, <laughs> and then when he listens to it, I'd be like, look, we, we never intended for you to hear it. <laughs> this was a private fucking roast. Yeah. I thought we were just zooming. I didn't know this was going to go out. Where is that guy? Is he in like the suburbs of Philly, Philly doing a show? No, he's in San Francisco, actually. Oh, in oh shit. Holy shit. Yeah. Doing, doing sets? And visiting friends. He's doing a mixture of both, apparently. Oh, uh. He called me yesterday. He's like, dude, I watched Ocean's 8 on a plane. <laughs> and, I, and I'm like, yeah, really? And he goes, yeah, you know, I have to say I, I had fun. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, no, he, no, no, he said, no, he said, I enjoyed myself. I'm like, what a review for Ocean's 8. He's like, I enjoyed myself while watching it. That's pretty much. The, I mean, that is the review of Ocean's Eight. He's like, yeah, I enjoyed myself while watching it. It wasn't. Yeah, anything. I yeah. feel like mo- any movie you watch on an airplane is mostly like, yeah, that was. I had fun. Fine. Yeah. Weird. I, we were talking about it, uh, and Brett was telling me a scene. There's like a scene where they're they were putting together the crew of eight, and there was a guy who apparently I've never seen the movie, but there was a guy who they were going to be like, hey, should we have him join the team? They're like, like, no, he's got fucking dead eyes. Yeah. <laughs> Sandra Bullock was like, uh, no, no, no hymns on this. No men. Men attract attention. And me and Brett were like, oh, so uh, 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 literally eight of the hottest women on the planet <laughs> are, are going to walk in with step, drawing step no attention mode. at all. Yeah. yeah. God, like, fucking, literally like you get whistled at and like, you yeah. just like you, you can't even walk on a sidewalk you got fucking rihanna in your fucking thing and you yeah. think that she's just gonna be conspicuous <laughs> you know like inconspicuous like blend yeah. in come on you know what's weird about that movie is that it's called oceans eight and there's like no real reason for it to be oceans eight it's like because she sandra bullock plays uh george clooney's sister in the movie uh-huh. and all throughout the movie they're like Oh, he's dead. He's dead. He's dead. And like, 
the whole time, it, you know, when whenever there's one of these movies that's a spinoff of like another movie, you're just waiting for the original characters to show up. But like the thing is, they tease George Clooney being dead so much, and you know he's like a bank robber, con artist guy. That like the whole movie, you're like, all right, when's George Clooney showing up? When's George Clooney showing up? So like it it hurts like the the idea of the movie to have an all female cast when you're like, all right, when's the when are the men showing up? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, you're right. That's so, just, I'm assuming that's what happens at the end of that movie is. You, well, they spend the whole entire movie can, trying to convince you that he was dead, and you go, "The only reason why you're trying to do this is because he's actually alive." Well, it's and he's going to be in the end. But it's so weird because she just like they they do a shot where Sandra Bullock is at his his like gravestone. It's like at a mausoleum kind of thing, and she's uh-huh. sitting on a bench looking at his like grave. And the shot is in a way it's like a two shot where like there's space for him to sit down at the bench. Oh man. But it never happens. It's so weird. It's so frustrating, actually. Wait, he doesn't show up? He doesn't show up. Nobody from the Matt Damon was supposed to show up, but then he said he like half defended Harvey Weinstein or like whatever. No, he, he didn't even half defend Harvey Weinstein. He just was like, hey, all this Me Too stuff, maybe like let's chill a little bit. And then they took him out of the movie. Oh, yeah. he. I, I think that was his defense of Louis. He was like, the guy seems yeah. sincere in his apology. Maybe we should let it go. It was like, yeah. It's weird how much that guy steps in shit. We were talking about last week with the crypto commercial. Like, Matt Damon steps in shit so often. It's so silly. It's like, why is everybody upset about fucking Matt Damon? Yeah. Well, they they used him because he had that Martian movie. You know, it had like the frontier, like space exploration vibes. You know, it's fine. Right. Right. And again, like, the point is. Like, I understand that it's a silly comparison to be like the people who, you know, went to the moon or just like the people investing in crypto. I get it. But like, that's all commercials on TV. They're all false equivalencies. They're all if you drive this car, you're going to fuck this 10, you know, like that's every commercial. So to act like it's just this crypto is so silly. Yeah. Well, now, you know, the guy from uh, the OC, um, Ben McKenzie who plays like, I can't remember his character on the OC. He's writing a book about against the celebrities who shill for crypto as a way of like rising the value or whatever. So there's like, there, there is this kind of like internecine celebrity war of like being for or against crypto because like the stamp of approval from a celebrity, it's like saying like this currency has value. Yeah. So like, yeah, I don't know. Uh Huh? That's interesting. So, like, they're basically saying that Matt Damon is involved in a pump and dump scheme? (laughs) A little bit. Well, Ben McKenzie's theory is that, like, all these celebrities are kind of, like, involved in this. Not, I don't think, like, completely knowingly, but, like, they're being either they're doing it for their own gain or they're, like, being used as pawns to, like, solidify the value of, yeah. of the coins. So like if or, Tom Hanks comes in support of like yes. Ethereum, people are like, oh, well, Tom Hanks, yes. there must be, you must be safe. But exactly. that's what they do with, with you think t- fucking Tiger Woods drives a Buick? Like this, they, like, <laughs> yeah. this You're happens, right. Right. this is everything. Like, like, like you think fucking Peyton Manning is fucking eating Oreos and drinking Budweiser? <laughs> like, come, like, come on, dude. This- I, I do think Shaquille O'Neal uses Icy Hot. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> I'll give him that one. That's yeah, funny. that was that's real. That's fucking real. You look <laughs> me in the eye and tell me Shaq doesn't use icy hot. I don't buy it, dude. <laughs> no, but you're right. That's just ad culture, and that's what it need, is. People need to that, calm down. And I mean, it's like I. I mean, if it is a pump, and like they're using their likeness, like Matt Damon was rewarded handsomely. Like if they <laughs> if they paid him in. Bitcoin and then Bitcoin crashed after his commercial or rose after his commercial. Maybe you could be like, oh, something happened here. But I'm sure he was paid in USD and he made a good amount of money. It was yeah. a Super Bowl commercial. Like celebrities are in Super Bowl commercials all the time. Like he fucking he made bank. Like <laughs> they're like, hey, do you want to be paid in crypto or uh, cash? Like, 
fucking cash. <laughs> cash. Yeah. That's so Dude, perfect. Yeah. That, that's what I did. <laughs> My yeah. comedy show in 2012. That, yeah. that phrase you used, Nick, is like, it's like the perfect villain phrase. You will be rewarded handsome. <laughs> <laughs> it's like in every movie, like there's no other way to be rewarded. If you're like taking a bribe from the villain, you'll be rewarded <laughs> modestly, but <laughs> you <good> yourself. <laughs> Modestly, attractively. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. I don't yeah, know. There, like the- here's one thing, one quick question is like, is there any celebrity that could, that you feel would influence you to buy a product? Oh my God. Great question. Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you think I bought a Maserati? No, um, <laughs> yeah, I guess it just depends because like, it's like there's some people who I respect their opinions about like if Mark Cuban told me to buy a stock, I would buy a stock. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. there 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 are people who are like experts in things who are also considered celebrities. Like I sometimes with like when I gamble and stuff, if I hear it's not a good example though, because it's not a celebrity, but like sometimes I like I'll follow a really sharp guy on Twitter who well I used to, uh, who um He's just really good at picking games. And if he gives out a pick, I'm like, all right, I'm going to consider his pick. I don't know how much influence it is just that they're celebrities or as much as that they're experts. I don't know. That's a good question. The The only example I could think of is I had once – someone had like talked about this uh, sponge called the Sponge Daddy. It's like this <laughs> – it's this little like you know kitchen sponge that has like eyes and a mouth in it. And it looks cheap. It looks like like the one – like – you get it out like you could only get it out like Walmart's kitchen aisle. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it just has like this. I was like, ugh, that looks shitty. But everyone, I, I don't know. I kept seeing people being like, this is a fucking great sponge. And then <laughs> I like was, I don't, I, somehow I ended up following BJ Novak yeah. and he po- <laughs> he posted a picture yeah. like in his kitchen and I, and I saw in the sink there was a sponge yeah. daddy. And I was like, <laughs> this motherfucker's buying a sponge daddy? And then I immediately, I immediately ordered a pack of three <laughs> and it's actually pretty fucking good. It's a good auxiliary sponge. It's not the but you, sponge. You did it right. Like he wasn't advertising that. You yeah. just saw that he had it, which is the best form of like, like if you right. found out that Matt Damon really owned whatever the fuck crypto he was pushing, you'd be like, yeah, well, he believes in it. Yeah. Like, yeah. like there's pushing, something there. Yeah. Whereas you, like I said earlier, you know, Tiger Woods doesn't drive a Buick like that motherfucker. Come on. The yeah. best celebrity advertisement would be like a leak. You know what I mean? Like if if a celebrity <laughs> was keeping an item from you that they didn't want yeah. you to know about, that would be the best way to advertise. You're like, uh, Matt Damon eats Cheerios, but he doesn't want anybody to know about it. <laughs> <laughs> he wants it all for himself. <laughs> then that would you know what would be smart for like ad companies to like pay for a celebrity to do an ad for a product that's not the one? Yeah. Like you do a product for like an ad for like, some other sponge and then like set your sponges in the background of the ad. Right, yeah, yeah. And yeah. so the viewer's like, oh my God, but he actually has those ones at his house. Yeah. Or just have like Ben Affleck do a video where he's like, well, I mean, he's famous for Duncan's now, but like. Uh, <laughs> but that's true, have- but that, because he always just has it naturally. Yeah. Like he just, uh, like he gets paid to do a video that's like, hey guys, just saying good morning. Hope you guys are doing great. Love y'all. Love my fans. Peace. Have a good day. Here, and here's the next. In the yeah. yeah. Here's yeah. the next. Le- the next level of that, though, is that <laughs> you pay Ben Affleck to advertise something, but like you, like you're you, you're Sponge Daddy, right? So you're yeah. like BJ Novak. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm gonna pay you. I'm gonna pay you ten grand to advertise uh, Kellogg's cornflakes, and then. He goes, oh, okay, that's weird. You don't, you're not cornflakes. You're Sponge Daddy. But all right, I suppose he's like, yeah, but we're gonna put Sponge Daddy in the back. Mm-hmm. So like everybody's watching it, thinking that oh, BJ Novak's hawking cornflakes, but really he's he's doing the the Sponge Daddy, mm-hmm. and no one's watching the the cornflakes because that's the bullshit. It's like the a magician who's doing a. Uh, uh, you know uh, what do they call it a bait and switch or like a yeah look over here while everything's in the background yeah but you have to do it like like a TikTok. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like we're, we're like it's it's like almost like they're making the TikTok to to plug cornflakes, but really it's the shit in the back that people are gonna buy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Look, we got there before the ad execs. Yeah. I, I hope I hope you're listening. Guerrilla advertising, we'll call it. <laughs> yeah, I think um, I think it would be great if you if you did the one where you're like, like Matt Damon doesn't want you to know that he loves fucking uh, Twix bars or whatever, right? Um, and then Matt Damon comes out and sues them for like exposing it. <laughs> like, damn, he really doesn't want. He's wow. really to cover this up. I don't know, but that's good. I think a recommend a word of mouth recommendation is like worth more. That's why like Gwyneth Paltrow's goop shit like became so big because even though it's like her brand or whatever, she's just going like, I don't know, these like candles like really, I don't know, they just really work for me. And yeah. um, anybody who just like offhandedly says something that like, like Brock Lesnar was doing in an interview and he's like, um, He's like, I mean, they don't they don't advertise for me, but I love the I got like seven big green eggs in my house, the the smokers. And I'm yeah, like, shit, yeah. Shit, do I need a big green egg? Like, <laughs> like I would no. love a big green egg. <laughs> no, 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 great. Christian, Christian, you need seven big green eggs. Come on, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what's what's why why are you smoking one? Like, come on, dude, yeah. <laughs> seven of. Like, what's that guy doing? Where he needs the fucking seven of those motherfuckers? He lives in Saskatchewan. He like moved. He hates people. Brock Lesnar is the most interesting person ever. He's like a fucking six foot, 300 and something pound fucking freak athlete. Has the speed of a fucking deer. And, <laughs> and, and like he hunts and kills his, he's exact, his name is Brock. He's like exactly, and he, he said it himself where he goes, I was born in the wrong time era. Like I should have been a Viking or something. Right. Like, he's like, I was made for, just like combat and like killing. Like, <laughs> now he, he lives up there with con- like 20 concubines and eight big green yeah. eggs. <laughs> so, so he brought a property. He's like, I don't like seeing my neighbors. So I have like, you know, 20 acres or whatever it is, like crazy amounts of land. I don't know what it is, what the number is, but like he lives in Saskatchewan, doesn't see neighbors. He has to like drive down like a mile to get to the nearest phone. <laughs> and, like, yeah. If somebody wants to call him, he's like, "All right, call me at one fifteen, exactly one fifteen." Go down and like, it's like the pay the phone. F- the, the phone booth in a fucking exactly. crime movie. <laughs> exactly. But all he needs is to like wants to like talk to his daughter or whatever. Yeah. So then, and then he like hunts and kills his own elk. Like he kills his own meat, you know. And like he became friends with these like butchers, these bearded butchers, I guess around Instagram or whatever. And now he has his own seasoning, so he's been pushing that lately. But it's this guy sounds great. He's fucking amazing. He's like, yeah, I love my big green eggs. But the only thing, and Whitmer would hate this. He goes, "Uh, I love my steak. He's like, I love a good steak. Well done. Like, oh, (laughs) those poor elk. It's amazing how that one detail has undone all of my admiration for everything you just said. I'm like, oh, well done. No, no. Something mentally wrong with this man. Yeah. It's like, come on, man. How are you going to get back to nature and fucking overcook your meat? If anything, you should be eating it raw. Yeah. I I don't get. And then a big green egg is like, I guess it can grill too, right? It's like a griller and a smoker. Oh, yeah. Yeah, It can do do everything. If you're just smoking, like, what do you mean well done but those poor elk he kills man like all their meat that would have been delicious otherwise he's just <laughs> fucking murdering it putting his seasoning on it and then probably putting ketchup on it and just eating it with his hands yeah, no wonder he needs fucking a 13 ingredient seasoning to fucking fla- <laughs> to, to flavor his yeah. fucking rawhide meat <laughs> <laughs> fuck <Yeah>. Brock <laughs> yeah, fuck this dude <laughs> that's what people should be getting cancelled for if okay. you eat a fucking well done steak we should be fucking dogpiling on that guy yeah. right that was the thing about Trump like Bourdain was one of the first on that he goes I can't he's like I can't respect he orders his steak well done and puts ketchup on him fuck him oh. that, and I'm like, know, I'm like yeah you know what that's good enough reason not to vote for him right exactly there. <laughs> Steaks are the only reason not to. First, he sold steaks at Sharper Image, and yeah. he eats steaks well done. That's it. Can you That's, imagine how much need... of a, a shyster you have to be to sell steaks? Not at a food, no, at Sharper Image, yeah. like a fucking airport catalog. <laughs> yeah. Like, what do you like? You can't even get a supermarket to sign off on your steaks. You have to 
fucking trick a, a gimmick gadget company to sell your like, meat? Like it's a <laughs> massage chair? <laughs> <laughs> like, what the fuck, dude? We, we can't actually call it meat, so we, we can't sell it. <laughs> 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 yeah, that, whenever anyone launches into an argument, I'm like, I'm already done. I was done at the fucking sharper image. But that yeah, goes dude. back to like the brand thing. Like if even before he was president, if somebody, if you went in somebody's kitchen and they had Trump steaks, wouldn't you be like, Ugh. It's <laughs> over. Yeah. yeah. You'd be like, yeah, that's like, kind of, that's really lame. Like if you, if you go into somebody's kitchen, they have Guy Fieri, like, you know, fucking box cooking gadgets and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, oh, exactly. yeah. 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 Or even like Dude. hot sauce or like, like, Buffalo taters or whatever. Fucking. I love the idea of like a, an entirely branded kitchen. You're like, oh, I'm going to cook my Trump steaks on my George Foreman grill and then flip it with my Chrissy Teigen spatula. Yeah. And like you like walk into the kitchen and like this part, you're like, I'm in the wrong room. I gotta get the fuck out. I don't respect anything that's happening in this room. Just a fucking brand maniac. Yeah. That'd be a good villain too. Yeah. Oh my God. That'd be an amazing detail of like, or like somebody who's just like only has Guy Fieri stuff. All, <laughs> all Guy Fieri, like smoker, Guy Fieri spatulas, Guy Fieri cookware. And then he like pulls out a bottle of uh, Guy Fieri's donkey sauce. And he's like, I put this on everything. <laughs> when I eat Cheerios in the morning, I put Guy Fieri's donkey sauce on it. <laughs> But he follows like five star Michelin restaurants, <laughs> like, and he does the recipes. But he just cooks with all the stuff. <laughs> I'm making braised quail with <laughs> a salsa reduction. That'd be it'd be even funnier if like he went back into the kitchen of like a French Laundry or like a Per Se or one of these crazy La Bernadette restaurants. And they're like, oh, yeah, the only appliances we use are Guy Fieri's cooking stuff. <laughs> we cook everything <laughs> on Guy, Guy Fieri's nonstick pan. <laughs> oh, man. But that kind of branding is fucking amazing. Yeah, there's yeah. like some people who are like, I feel like Dolly Parton is one of those where like you could go into somebody's house and they would have like a Dolly Parton room. Yeah, <laughs> or like, yeah. uh, I guess Elvis. Like a Michael Jackson room would be really fucking weird. There's <laughs> Michael Jackson. Yeah, we call it the Michael Jackson room. <laughs> That's where I bring my younger friends. Oh no! Oh, Jesus dear. Christ! <laughs> the Michael Jackson wing, <laughs> like, <laughs> dear God. Yeah, that that in Licorice Pizza when she brings him in that Michael Jackson room. That's when I got a little. <laughs> She exactly. says she wasn't a pedophile, but she sure worshipped one. <laughs> <laughs> the whole soundtrack's just all fucking Michael Jackson. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, I don't know. My son's ne- I, never going to know how huge Michael Jackson was. Like, it's weird. My my son's just going to, like, Michael Jackson would have been long dead before my son was ever born. And he's just going to, like, oh, I guess that's an okay song. I don't really get why you guys are so crazy uh. about it. He's going to get to dance guilt-free to fucking Thriller at a wedding. Yeah. Imagine imagine that joy. Yeah. Without without a thought of fucking compunction. Yeah. <laughs> it's just unbelievable. It's like the first time I was at any game and heard da 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 Hey! I was like, you watch it. Listen to that guilt-free. It's like people with Elvis now. Why, is that dude married a 14-year-old, dude. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. Chuck, yeah. Chuck Berry was fucking 13-year-olds yeah. and shit. Oh, wow. But no one cares about that. Why, dude? <laughs> what? It's rock and roll. It's rock and roll, baby. <laughs> yeah, man. You're supposed to break the rules when you're a rock star. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm a rock star. I'm allowed to go. I'm allowed to go with anybody. <laughs> yeah. I like Chuck Berry being like a 80s hair metal. <laughs> <laughs> The other right. one version of that said so punk rock. It's like, yeah, dude, it's so punk rock. I'm fucking this 13 year old dude. Like, society hates it, but like, fuck, dude, it's punk rock, bro. Like, we're supposed, <laughs> we're supposed to go against it. Speaking of early rock and roll, my brother always tells this great story when he, he worked at Best Buy and this guy comes in and he, like, you know, he looks special in a way, like, you know, not like your average Best Buy customer. Okay. And uh, I, I think he wants, like, he's like, sees my brother over by the headphones. He's like, yo, uh, I'm looking for a, a good pair of headphones. Like, which one should I get? And my brother, if you don't know him, was just like so dismissive. He's like, just whatever headphone you want. <laughs> and, and the guy goes, do you know who I am? 
And my brother's like, no, I don't know who you are. He's like, I'm Bo Diddley. <laughs> <laughs> Which is like the successor to Chuck Berry. Like this yeah, fucking, yeah. one of the most famous rock and rollers. I'm That's Bo cool. Diddley. At fucking Best Buy because my brother treated him like shit in the headphone <laughs> section. <laughs> oh man that's really funny <clears throat> you know you could be a rock uh, rock and roll legend and eventually yeah. you're just gonna be a dude at best buy getting <laughs> my dude yep. <laughs> yep you gotta get dave on the podcast sometime he's got some fucking funny ass stories oh that's so funny i worked at circuit so- city but we never had bo Diddley never showed up so i don't have any <laughs> We had Ramblin' Jack Perry when he came in, but I don't know. <laughs> uh, anyway, guys, I think that's about time. Thank you so much, Todd, for being on. Yes. Thanks for having me, guys. Always always happy to be here. Plugs, plugs, plugs. Um, TheNickWhitmer.com. Discover. Uh, yeah. And go see Nick's special. I was there in the audience. It was fucking amazing. I, I hear it's coming out uh, summer, I think. So Yeah, probably. Check Thank that you, sir. Out. I, uh, I just had a book come out, a translation called The Greatest Invention on the invention yes. of writing. Scripts, yeah. undeciphered scripts, codes, if you're into that kind of shit. And I am at toddportnowitz.com. Hey, Ooh. listen, it was in the New York Times. They reviewed yes. it. Times they reviewed talked it. About, yeah, they so, liked it. They didn't shit on it. Nice, fantastic. Uh, ChristianDuranComedy.com for all your Christian Duran needs. Needs. Guys, thanks so much. Like, share, subscribe, rate, and review. We'll see you next week. Bye. Boom. Bye.